0: I would say this is like a masterclass of stylized cinematography. You know? I was already mad at this movie going in because why do I have to watch five hours of movie? Like,
1: yeah, For me, the biggest like appeal to this movie was the fact that it was R-rated and that's what was supposed to differentiate it from Star Wars. This could have been a
0: Netflix television series in my mind. Who's this guy? I felt no like yeah. emotional tether to her scream because I was like, we just met him. Welcome. The Backseat Directing, where we talk about movies,
1: TV shows, comics, and more. We your hosts, Andrew and Aaron. We put out new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And on this episode, we're reviewing Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part 1. Three, two,
0: one. Action, action.
1: Here we are, Andrew. Rebel Moon. We've well, been. I wasn't sure if. I
0: paused at the beginning. I wasn't sure if you were going to say uh, A Child of Fire.
1: No, that's too much. Rebel Moon, Part One, A Child of Fire. That's too much. Extended you, you, edition. Yeah, you either get Part One or like an extended title. You, like, you, you don't get both. Why can't it just be
0: called the title? Like, why does it have to be Part One?
1: Why does it have to be two parts? It's
0: Part One. Uh, so this, this opens us up to like talking a little bit about the movie at the very start of it, some of my, like, issues with it, but um, the title is too long, like we just said. And if you just call it Rebel Moon, A Child of Fire, then that's a title. And then the next movie can be called Rebel Moon, Scargiver, which is the title to part two. The only reason to name it part one is to, like, incite, like, you know, talk about the second movie before
1: it even comes out, which is... We're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but a part one for me... Just tells me that it's not a finished story, which just sets me up for early disappointment.
0: Before, they, the thing is for me that if they're ha- going to have a three-hour extended edition, which they are releasing, a, di- a director's cut that's three hours, and then they have a second movie that probably could have also been three hours, this could have been a Netflix television series in my mind.
1: Like if you wanted to give him full control and just could it though? Everything. Could it though? Do you think Zack Snyder can have a beginning, middle, and end in an hour? for multiple episodes.
0: I I mean it maybe it wouldn't be clean. It might be it might be a little bit of a cliffhanger. But every time they in this movie and getting a little bit ahead, we are gonna spoil the movie going forward, but every time they go along and pick up somebody for their crew, that felt like an episode of some like
1: no it thirty sure. minute T V show. It should have been an episode. We would have gotten a lot more detail and connection to the characters. Which I'm sure we'll get. And we're going to have to limit ourselves on saying this throughout the episode,
0: too. But I'm sure we're going to get more detail in the three-hour extended director's cut that they're going to release at an undisclosed date. From what I can tell, they're not releasing a date so that people aren't already, like, ignoring the first movie and waiting for that. They're just building hype around it, trying to build this Snyder Cup the Snyder,
1: the Snyder the, Cup, the
0: Snyder
1: Cup, <laughs> <laughs> a bracket
0: system. Gryffindor wins the Snyder Cup, but they're they're building hype around it, trying to artificially recreate the Snyder cuts like internet frenzy, which you can't artificially recreate. That that came naturally from people's yeah. desire to see the true director's vision. Right, and there's obviously been a because loop. the
1: first one was bad. <laughs> yeah, and we want. But that's why like a director's cut does so well, right?
0: Well, I, there's been a history of director's cuts, and yeah, there's there, there's things like Blade Runner where the theatrical version is, is good, but then people want to see what Ridley Scott truly envisioned, and that should be like the artistic reason for a director's cut is like, oh, we want to see what the original vision was. But what's happening now is that a director's cut is like a it's it's all
1: about content, it's right? Like you can get scene. yeah, you can get more content from it. Like if oh, we release this theatrical version or this streaming version, and then we have this actually longer, better version that was the director's purpose. You know, he's been creating this story for 15, 20 years. You know, and it's finally here. This is what he really wanted. So now you get more than one thing. From are, we, it. are we supposed to be proud of
0: you for releasing that? like, after the fact? Like, are we... Yeah. Spo- oh, thank you for giving Snyder the chance to put out the movie. But the thing is, like, I was already mad at this movie going in because why do I have to watch five hours of movie? Like, either give me the original movie or if it's going to be so long, make it into a Netflix series. Like, cut it up into pieces. That's what they were going to do with the, the Snyder Cut originally because it was so long they were going to dole it out in episodes for the Justice League movie. But that they just released like a four-hour movie instead. I I think that I have no desire to go back and watch a three-hour version of this movie. The upsetting thing is that we were... We're starting off hella negative today. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get to positive stuff. But the the thing is that the three-hour director's cut is going to be R-rated, which is what we originally wanted this movie for in the first place. Like, when you and me first heard of this, we were excited because it's marketed as Zack Snyder's R-rated version of a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. And instead, we got a Star Wars fan fiction turned into a movie that barely changes any details from Star Wars, going from the Empire to the Imperium. Like... No effort was, exp- no brain cells were firing for the need of that name change, and it just seems like <clears throat> I would just watch Star Wars if I wanted a PG thirteen version of. I would watch the better product that already exists, and I'm not even a big Star Wars fan. I'm wearing a Star Wars <laughs> shirt in in protest to this movie, but <laughs> that's so funny. Pro- Maybe I'm a big Star Wars fan, like compared to like super mass audiences, but like sure. in our field- yeah. Content consumption. I'm not a big Star Wars fan. Right. Like the Star Wars fan, Star Wars is a better version of what this is. So like the R rated the R rated stamp is the thing that makes the difference and makes us excited to see it. I can see so many scenes in this movie that I was like, I can see where this was meant to be R rated. Like the opening where um, Atticus Noble is, hits Sindri with that big club. I was like, yeah, there's going to be a spew of blood there. And like, there's so much more opportunities for like gratuitous violence throughout the movie. Seeing people like. The spider getting hit in the underbelly with the blades, which just leave like this uh, singed burnt effect instead of like yeah, guts and goo dropping poor. out. Yeah. It's, there's so many where you can see Snyder's vision for the R-rated movie. You can see that like cut off at the legs. <clears throat> and like, why didn't we just get that? Even like the two-hour cut being R-rated would have been fine. I still probably, either way, I'm not going to go watch a movie that just has an hour more like what's it going to be a more time talking to Tarek before he flies on that hippogriff looking thing like
1: yeah for me the biggest like appeal to this movie was the fact that it was r-rated and that's what was supposed to differentiate it from star wars so even if it wasn't a three-hour version which it's hard to go watch a three-hour movie there's a few movies out there that are really good and are well-paced that are three hours long or close to it but like it doesn't make me excited to go watch a movie when it's when I have no connection to that movie yet, you know? That's what I'm like saying. Like, if it's The Batman Part 2 and it's three hours long, I'm going to be there all three hours and I'm going to watch it again and again and again, most likely.
0: That's what I'm saying, dude. Where I rolled, like, my <clears> at <throat> the very beginning of this movie was, like, I've seen people compare the opening narration by Anthony Hopkins to, like, a Star Wars text crawl because it's basically just a load of exposition fired on you at the beginning and all these names and I'm like, oh, Balisarius and the Imperium and the king and it's like princess Issa, like just i'm I'm already like this is too much like i'm rewinding it like trying to keep names straight like if it was already in the universe yeah you've got a lot of people that are already up to speed
1: there's there's a lot of those recap moments where dude someone's talking (laughs) but you're not you don't see anyone talking and for me it was a little hard to follow because I wasn't – I'm not – if you can see someone talking, you know, you're a little more invested. You're, like, trying to read their lips. You're looking at everything else on the screen. But when it's just, like, slow motion shots with someone talking and there's no text either on the screen, like, the beginning crawl to Star Wars. Okay. You kind of lost me. You just said 15 names I've never heard of in my life. No, and just – pl- And places, I, people- I don't know what they look like just- either, so
0: I'm already bad with <laughs> na- normal names. we yes. are <laughs> supposed to keep straight, like – Balisarius from Velt from Princess Issa, like they're names of people, places, like
1: empires, like yeah. all these different things. This was like my biggest complaint about Dune. Like, I haven't seen I, Dune part I one, was so. there's so it's so complicated. <laughs> you know, there's so many names and places and they don't sound like any words that we normally use, so it's hard to follow. Yeah. You know, if you're not like if you haven't read the books before and have previous knowledge of these places and characters. Or you're just really good at following that stuff, and I'm not.
0: <laughs> I've heard it's a lot of. Exposition. I watch
1: movies for the visuals. <laughs> this
0: movie's very exposition-heavy. Like when you, when uh, Cora sits down with Gunner at like that campfire, and she and he's like asking her about her past or about her. I'm like, oh, she's about to launch into a monologue, and that sequence goes on for like five to eight minutes of her just. I was stolen as a young child by the Imperium and raised as a soldier like it goes on good. and on and on, and on. <laughs> Dude it goes on
1: for stuff. So- but you should consider some narration work. That's
0: hey if Zack Snyder. Pet, I um that kind of that's kind of our first thoughts of the movie though for a long time. Let's let's cut to some of
1: our actual. Yeah, we, we, we definitely approach this episode a little different than what we normally do. I got, um, I got a little heated. Yeah, we got a little heated. First, I'd like to say thank you so much for clicking on our video and watching. I know there's a lot of other channels out there putting out a lot of content. So we appreciate you coming to Backseat Directing for hopefully some entertainment and uh, maybe some information maybe we can show you some cool behind the scenes stuff that we found what not we're also going to react to some of the scenes live so you can see like what we liked about some of the cinematography or the fight scenes or or maybe even we can compare it to star wars or whatnot so make sure you stay for that we're going to go through our full ranking of this movie where we break down the story the acting cinematography sound design set design and then we also have rewatchability so you can uh Stay for that to see what our total score for the whole movie was because I know we just spent like nine minutes talking about a lot of negatives, but I have a lot of positives from the movie as well. Yeah, we'll have, we'll I'll see a, get into.
0: an argument here between the, the negatives and the positives. Yeah, I, well, I had to
1: drag ne- Andrew to watch this movie. <laughs> I had to drag myself even yeah. after
0: I started it, um, but – Uh, I also want to talk about kind of explaining the plot a little bit, because it took me some difficulty to understand it. And we'll talk about, I have some theories too, because there's a part two coming up. So we have a lot to discuss. I look forward to getting into it. Let's
1: jump into a quick movie summary. You want me to do it? Yeah.
0: Okay. So this movie is basically another intergalactic space opera. Uh, We have people, a world torn asunder. Uh, There was initially this giant... Uh, monarchy with the king, the queen, and Princess Issa. Um, and when the ki- when that family was slaughtered, they started this giant intergalactic war. Um, the Imperium is fighting against the rebels, which is like the opening backdrop of Rebel Moon. Our main character, Korra, um, has a mysterious backstory, but we know she has a history with the Imperium. She's living on this planet Velt. When the Imperium comes to Velt's doorstep, her hand is forced and she must go on a journey to form a team. Um, in the name of building up the Rebel Alliance, sounds a lot like Star Wars, against defeating the Imperium. Um, and basically, uh, if you've seen Star Wars, this is Star Wars without the Force. That's the quickest way I can say it for you.
1: At least not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> in part two. Um, that was a good explanation. Going into some of the earnings, uh, ratings, and characters, we have this movie actually came out 2023. The very end of the year probably the last movie that I'll see uh rated PG 13 unfortunately and it's two hours and 13 minutes long it is right now on IMDB a 5.7 out of 10 and then on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics it has a 24 percent with 149 reviews and then the audience score has it a 62 so that's certified is certified rotten right um for, for the critics I think 24 is rotten. Critics, yeah. Audience has a little popcorn sign next to it. I think so. They're chilling. I, I saw
0: a video from a couple days ago where Rotten Tomatoes had the audience score at like a seventy-two
1: or three. So it must have dropped, like as more viewers. It says it has five hundred or five thousand plus ratings on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And again, the way that Rotten Tomatoes works is the percentage of reviews that are positive. So it's not like a 62 out of 100%. It's 62 out of the 5,000 ratings were positive.
0: You could easily be misled to
1: think it's an average rating of all the ratings
0: given, which would make a lot of sense. Yeah. That's, I think, what IMDb actually does is takes everyone's ratings. So, you know, 73% to now 60 down to 62%, I think you said, of audience Mm -hmm. members liked it. I I think that's somewhat fair. I think the critics um, is a little outrageous. I don't think it's a 23%. You'll see my ratings. I'm not a big fan of this movie, but 23% is like should be reserved for movies that are just painfully hard to watch and offensive. Almost, I feel like that's a that's a little bit of an overcorrection. But um, uh, that's again, that's the percentage of people that
1: liked it. So a lot of less critics liked it, right? Uh, which is, I feel like, pretty common amongst movies, especially Zack Snyder movies. Zack Snyder movies
0: are notoriously divisive, not only to critics, but to like audiences in general. There yeah. are a lot of people... My fiancé hates Zack Snyder. Oof. and like, Hates ad- a strong word. She admits that Man of Steel is good, but she uh, doesn't like any of his other
1: movies. It's tough. It's tough. So I, if you're not
0: familiar with Zack Snyder, the, I think the most notable things he directs are uh, Watchmen, The 300, um, and then obviously Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice... League, The Snyder Cut specifically because Mm -hmm. of all the mess that happened with the original Justice League is taken over by Joss Whedon. But he was the creative mind behind the DCEU for a while.
1: Yeah. I wonder how much control he actually had,
0: though. There's a lot of production involved. But I heard somebody say, too, that production um, and producers get involved in a lot of other directors' movies, and they still manage to make movies that aren't quite so torn to shreds.
1: They also get involved in a lot more movies that do yeah. <laughs> get torn to shreds. But Manis, specifically, in my opinion,
0: Batman vs Superman was where people argue about producers getting involved in messing up this movie. Because there is a director's cut of that movie also, or extended cut, that's yeah. better and fills in some of the gaps missing mm-hmm. in that movie.
1: So the budget for this film is a little hard to find a solid number, but... On IMDb, it has for part one $90 million, which seems a little low when you compare it to other movies that have like kind of the same production value that have come out in recent years. But just kind of Googling, you have on Screen Rant, they say 166 for both part one and two. So that's kind of right in the same ballpark as the 90. So. Maybe they did. I mean, a lot of the actors in this
0: movie aren't on the same pay scale as like an Avengers movie. Right. But the production design is really huge and it looks really good. So then it's hard to believe.
1: I wonder if that for the two parts goes into the like time as well for the director's version that we're getting. And also, are we getting a director's versions of both cuts? So are we getting like a three hour of part one? And then a three hour of part two? Or is it like a three hour of the whole story? I haven't heard much about part two.
0: We're just getting, for the extended cut, it's just going to be related to part one right now. So that's just three hours of extended time we're going to spend with like Tarek and Titus. That's tough. Like if you notice, when they when they first meet Titus, it is like a whirlwind. There is <laughs> there is no time spent with introducing yeah. him to his characters. So yeah. I'm sure there's more in with all these other characters yeah. to being
1: developed. All right. Uh, our next segment that we do is the creators. This is uh, where we talk about both the creators in front of, but also behind the camera as well. A lot goes into making a movie, um, so we wanna we wanna give respect to those people that put in tons and tons of hours, not only for this movie specifically, but learning their craft to be able to be a part of this movie. So, Andrew, take it away with the creators of Rebel Moon Part 1.
0: Yeah, watching some of the behind-the-scenes videos for this movie, it uh, increased my appreciation for the movie a little bit. It may it may have even like affected my scores, t- yeah. tempering some of my bias, yeah. because I saw, like, people put a lot of love into this movie. I didn't love it when I was watching it, but like you said, Zack Snyder was working on it for like a decade or two, mm-hmm. and he talks about, like, he, before a shoot, before a movie... He works out a lot because he wants to be in shape. Because they're long days. Yeah. He's holding holding cameras and they're heavy and moving around, so it's a lot of. I respect that a lot. It's a lot of blood, yeah. sweat, and tears, and yeah. we and these, so these people do deserve their credit. That's why we like to read their names. I said, said I said
1: it before. Like doing this podcast has given me an extra level of appreciation for movies and shows and just like cinema in general. You know, of like all of the work that goes in. Yeah. Like it's really hard.
0: It's physically grueling. They put a. They, he Zach Snyder said when they started like the set for this movie he put a gym on set and he likes to have the the actors and 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 crew work out everyone can come and work out there's also a common space like a lounging space so they have like the common area there's an area for like pilates and yoga there's a workout area people work out to get in shape for their roles but also like it's a it builds a community yeah
1: that seems like a good environment to be in
0: yeah i feel like he i feel like he builds a good environment because You have Ray Fisher in this movie who did not want to work with Joss Whedon ever again but came back to work with Zack Snyder. So right. I feel like that tells you something about his yeah. working relationship. So Zack Snyder, we said his name a lot, directs this movie as well as some other great movies in my opinion. Uh, he's also a writer and credited for story of this movie because he came up with the concept. And then he wrote the actual screenplay with fellow screenwriters uh, Kurt Johnstead and Shay Hatton. Editing was done by Dottie Dorn. Cinematography, Zack Snyder. The man, the myth, the legend, yeah. doing both. Not very common for a director to also be the DP on a film. So it's a it's a lot of work for one yeah. person.
1: It's common for them to have a lot of knowledge of being the and cinematographer. Work with them, yeah, yeah, but them doing both filming and directing is not that
0: common. Yeah. Normally, the director will give their vision for the cinematography to the cinematographer, and that's a whole separate job because it's so much work. Right. But this is akin to like directing and starring in the movie because it's yeah. such a whole other job. Yeah. Now uh the music was done by Tom Holkenborg. And now I have the cast where I want to play a little game called uh Where do I Know That Actor from? <laughs> so I wrote down a bunch of other roles that these that these people are in, because they have I feel like there's a lot of people in this movie that you see them and they're like wearing a cape or have a big huge beard. Or like a scar, and you're like, where do I know that actor yeah. from? So if you're feeling that alongside me throughout this movie, then I have some answers for you. Um, Sophia Boutella plays our our star, Cora. Cora in very good physical shape because she used to be a a, a dancer. Actually, she was on an Olympic dance team for a year. Oh dang! She uh, was in a four Madonna music videos, and then she's had some other actress roles as well. We were talking about how she was Gazelle, uh, the sword legged woman yeah. in uh, Kingsman: A Secret Service. So, she's a very like. Iconic,
1: recognizable look. Yeah, she's has you know, very like, distinct yeah, features. Yeah,
0: right. Um, and then Ed Screen as Atticus Noble. Aaron, your last chance to recognize him.
1: I actually recognize <sighs> him in this movie because I was, I recognize like, him too, but I didn't look it up of where he's from. Well, I I could, I could tell I could tell because he's got the most chiseled jawline and cheekbones.
0: Yeah. I, on, I on on. Screen. It took me a minute, but I could tell, and then I confirmed it on IMDb after the fact. He plays Ajax slash Fred yes. in Deadpool 1. He's the villain of Deadpool. Yep. 1. Um, and then we've got um Michael Hoosman. Say my name! <laughs> uh, Michael Hoosman as Gunner, the like the kind of the male love interest in this movie, half-ass love interest, if you ask me. I was gonna
1: say, like, were they in love? <laughs> I didn't get that. Um the only hint of them being in love was Kai telling us. Yeah, saying like, I know I w- you love her. I was literally
0: like, when? <laughs> when, did she, when did they fall in love? It's like a secret crush that we weren't <laughs> supposed to know about. I'm not privy to this. Um, he's not as recognizable to me, bigger star than I am. But uh, he's in World War Z. Don't sell yourself short. Uh, a movie called The Wild, which I really would like to see. And he's in Game of Thrones. I think, I think he's in 18 episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, Bay Duna is Nemesis. Uh, she is in Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending. She's in a lot mm. of sci-fi movies. Uh, Ray Fisher is Blood Axe. I believe Darren Blood Axe is the full name. And as I mentioned, he plays Cyborg in Justice League. Uh, Charlie Hunnam is Kai, the betrayer in this movie. Yep. And he's obviously noticeable, no, notably from Sons of Anarchy, Pacific Rim, and a couple other movies. He's, he's big in some Guy Ritchie movies. I think he's in The Gentleman. Anthony Hopkins is Jimmy. And I shouldn't need to tell you what Anthony Hopkins is.
1: <laughs> was he done? He's, he's Hannibal Lecter. Is this he's, his first time. He's uh, Odin in 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 a bunch of other movies. He's won three Oscars. So I I know you. I, maybe I'm getting ahead of you just a bit, but you always ask me who's your favorite character. It was Jimmy. Yeah, you know it was you know, Jimmy. You know who my favorite character is. This Jimmy. Was, that was yours. Yes. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> That's yeah, like, awesome. I thought that's so funny because that was one
0: of my complaints with the movie later on. Is going to be that they took my favorite character out of the movie. Yeah, so he
1: wasn't even on. in the movie. Yeah, he, like the movie started out and he was. They were like having that talk by the river or whatever, and I was like, "He's got. He's mysterious. I like this once, guy." Once they put the, fl- I want to know more about this guy. Once uh, I think Sam was her name. When she puts the flower crown on him, I was like.
0: This is such a cool aesthetic. Like, yeah. uh, he looked really good as like a rustic robot, and the special effects I think were great for mm-hmm. him. And mm-hmm. then Anthony Hopkins' voice, and then the, I thought the flower crown like rounded him out, like this nature
1: versus yeah. robot look. And he's like this this warrior that's like holding back. Yeah, you know, it's like. Dude, those ones are always the most dangerous. He's, he, he was my favorite character by far. A warrior with self-control? Yeah. Just wait till it's released. <laughs> just wait. And then Staz
0: Nair, kind of a new star with a shorter IMDb list. Um, he's also from Game of Thrones, but he plays Tarek in this movie. Mm-hmm. The, the super ripped guy who jumps and flies on that fake hip. Yeah,
1: face. I don't even know what his face looks like. I just know what his abs look like. His
0: abs and pecs are <laughs> insane. Uh, and then Fra Free as Balisarius. This is another person I recognize that I wasn't sure if you'd re- if you'd recognize. It's hard to tell, especially under the beard, but he is um, he's in Hawkeye. He's like the second in command to Echo. He's the one who oh, uh, is yeah. interprets for her sometimes. He speaks sign language. Um, You're right. Yeah. And, and then he's also in Le Misérable. Yeah, he does look different. <laughs> um, Stuart, uh, Stuart Martin is Den, which. He's, he's in a few things. I think he's in uh, The Haunting of Hill House, maybe his most notable credit. Uh, Carrie Elwes as the king, very briefly seen. I could almost not recognize him also because I think he's also under a beard. Yep. But Carrie Elwes is yep. in a ton of things. He is a pretty big actor. I think what you'd most likely know him from is The Princess Bride. But also recently, he's having a, a, a renaissance in a few movies because he was just in Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning as that villainous stud. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I was going to say is Corey Stoll. As Sindri, who I really, really liked in this movie, another person hidden under a beard who you might have had a hard time recognizing, but bro, that's Modok. Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, he's Modok, but he's also um, <coughs> what what is it? Blackjack? No, Black. He's the villain from Ant Man
1: One. <laughs> oh. Um, Blackjack is close. (laughs) It's box. (laughs) I'm going to look it up. We're so dumb. He's
0: he's a very forgettable character in Marvel, but he's also in a show. I think Yellow Jacket, right? Yellow Jacket, Yellow Jacket. (laughs) He's in a show called uh, Billions. He's a really, really good actor. He's a really good actor who just hasn't had his turn, a good turn in Marvel, but he's very talented. And I thought he had like one of the best scenes in this movie the conversation between uh, Sindri and um, Atticus as they're like walking through the town of um, Velt, And they're like, wow, oh, I
1: did not recognize him at all.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just the top half. Is, yeah. it's the bottom half is covered by like a braided yeah. beard. But, wow. Um, he, it makes you think like,
1: could Superman just wear glasses?
0: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe right? Maybe none of us wouldn't. If Henry Cavill is wearing glasses, I'm picking him out from a mile away. No scope. um but that conversation was one of my favorite scenes between the two of them just like the it felt like the conversation with um the beginning of inglorious bastards that tense conversation where they're sitting around like having a glass of milk talking about and and there's like the people Mm -hmm. hiding beneath the floorboards it felt like that tension yeah it was so good the two of them like arguing talking about the grain and like there's like a subtext of like the Imperium could just step on Velt. But yep, they're trying not to form a connection with them. I feel like the dynamic there was really cool. The actors portrayed it really well, and I just felt like the tension of that whole scene. So I totally agree. The beginning of this movie was a lot better for me, and I felt <clears throat> ripped by that sequence. Yeah,
1: well, are you done with the creators?
0: That's our but in front of them okay. behind the camera. Okay. So then
1: let's yeah let's get into the story, which is the first of six categories that we use to help us rate movies. Uh, this category we give the weight of ten points. So. This is my lowest score. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. It's five out of 10 for me. What did you give it? I also gave it a five. Yeah. I, I, I thought there were some aspects that are really cool. Like you said, I think it started out so strong, you know, and, and it's introducing you to the world, but then we're spent, it, it was where we spent the most time with the characters, was in that beginning portion where we're still on that farmland. And then the Imperial came and, you know, and all that tension. Um, and from there, the story just progressed a little too quickly. It was a little choppy. We, we talked about how, like, uh, Titus, right? Like, you got no introduction for, to him. And he's just all of a sudden, like, he's sleeping outside like a homeless man. And now he's agreed to just randomly yeah. go with these people to fight for his life. They, like, what happened in between? He didn't these, seem right? very motivated right there. They poured water on his face. And then she said,
0: if redemption isn't motivation, how about, how about revenge? revenge? And he and was he, like, those were the words I needed to
1: hear. Help me! In. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna turn my life around from this moment forward. Like he didn't think of revenge on his own. I don't know, dude. That that
0: part was by far the most like felt the most rushed out yeah. of the entire and thing.
1: We're, we're jumping around here through the story, but also like we we saw the display of each person's like strength or what a skill or whatever. To some extent, but we never really saw their skill come back in the end either. You know, like the you didn't even see like, the Tarzan guy. Yeah. He, yeah, he jumped on and tamed this bird. Okay, why? One, why did why didn't the owner of him make him do that while he was chained up anyway? What what did that guy get out of this deal? I didn't yeah. understand. I like if you can ride that bird. You can go. He said he, he said he
0: likes to gamble. He, he did say that if he failed to do it, then he would get more, like, indentured servants.
1: Yeah, but, like, come on.
0: It's, it, yeah, it's very, like, suits the plot. For yeah. Here's a reason. It's like a video game. It's like, here's your mission. If you beat that, then you're yeah. Like, that's that's very much what it felt like. That sequence reminded me a lot, too. of. It looked cool. It reminded me of Avatar.
1: Yeah. Um, like the Flight of Passage or what have mm-hmm. you, the first flight on mm-hmm. the Ikron. But that had more of, like, a concrete, like, consequence oh, and dude, reaction that, in the movie exactly, than this yeah.
0: did. That's uh, not even a comparison in yeah. quality
1: because the yeah. flight
0: of the Ikron just feels so much more, like, culturally connected to, like, this ba- this people that have this whole background and civilization. Yeah. They feel like they're having, yeah. like, a real, like, depth to them. Totally different.
1: That's a good example visually. of a long movie that, like, keeps you invested and, and tells yeah. a a cohesive story it's
0: like that's movies all world building and then rebel moon's like all worlds it's like full yes. of worlds and not as much building but there's right. like a lot of surface level like stuff that's really cool just seeing different like that guy in that random bar that was like their fake moss esley Cantino.
1: it's was- more of like building like a style than building like a world that these characters are in you know yeah like yeah, we we just got, like, pieces of all these characters. And all of the characters seem interesting. We just don't know anything about them. We
0: didn't get any time to connect. Like, I think the biggest thing for me that where I noticed it was the, another really big turnaround, f- second only to uh, General Titus's, was when they introduced Darren Bloodaxe. And he's like, uh, I'm not, they're, like, not going to fight. And he's like, I'll go and fight with you guys. And then he shows up, immediately sacrifices himself, jumping onto that ship. And then his sister's like, no! and i'm like <laughs> i'm like i don't even like who's this guy i felt no like yeah. emotional tether to her scream because i was like we just met him two minutes ago yeah he's had like three lines and he's already sacrificing his his life yeah
1: there's like no this- real stakes past them leaving that first world that yeah. we were on
0: also what him destroying that glass for that ship he took down what was that one pane glass
1: he went through it with like a stack. that and like that's the pilot of the whole ship. <laughs> Kill him and the whole ship goes down. This is that one that like one light. They, they don't have like the controls like inside the ship. They put all of the most important controls on the Right outside. there at the front where are you can <laughs> <laughs> Behind glass? That doesn't
0: make any sense. I mean, to be fair, in the first Star Wars movie, which is beloved, there's like a a, a shaft of a, a ventilation shaft that is like obliterates a planet-sized weapon. So it's it's in everything. Yeah, but that's
1: like. Inside the ship, right? Yeah. Like, you had to really work to get there. They did have to work to get there. And have previous knowledge that it's there. Yeah. Right? Like, this guy just stabbed someone through glass. Like, I see, like, how you could argue that the Star Wars one is thin, but it's not nearly as thin as this piece of glass. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's that's
1: well-worded. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I just think, like,
0: if you've got this giant death weapon of a ship, like why would the front hole just, a person could just punch through it? Yeah. Like. Right. It, this guy's not protected at all. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like a five out of five is not necessarily par for the course for plot, but it's mm-hmm. not like a nightmare. Yeah. Something I wouldn't, like, necessarily go back to. It's just the pacing was awful, and we didn't get any connection to these characters besides maybe Cora, like our main character.
1: Yeah. I care about Korra, but you're right. We We got to see her the whole time, and that's. Yeah probably the only reason i really do but i do feel like she has the potential to be one of those like best female action stars in fiction you know like right up there with misu or you know like ellie like i think she has that like imagine if the story was like an an eight or a nine out of ten don't you think like her character could be like menacing like that and really cool like that like We just didn't get the character development that I think the character could have benefited from, you know? I feel like she had exactly
0: Finn's arc from Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, um, which is an arc I really like. And I feel like Star Wars never capitalized on it. So it's cool Mm -hmm. for someone else to get the opportunity to hopefully capitalize on it. But I just feel like it, it wasn't what I wanted it to be in this movie. Like it, it felt a little shallow. Yeah, it felt um, short. Her like, w- but maybe they're waiting. There, there's gonna be more to dole out on it because we don't know. Like, from what I gathered, we don't know. Like, did she murder that whole like the king and his family? Did she like, what what inspired her to turn on the Imperium after being raised with them? Yeah. I don't really know. Much like, it, about it's her
1: cool yet. to leave some things up to like mystery and thought and like. Let people create theories, you know, and dive into it. But when we have to do that with literally every single character that we met, it's not as enticing, yeah. you That's know. Okay. I like yeah. I, I leave with more questions rather than desire to learn more. You I know, will, like
0: I will get. I will say, like I have a theory that I'll I'll go into now, and I think that would make the plot more interesting and her a better character. Mm-hmm. And my theory is that she was obviously the royal guard for Princess Issa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they showed us that, but then they say that the, the royal family was killed, and everything kind of fell from there. Obviously, her like adopted father, Balisarius, becomes the regent who's now like leading this army, so he's the one who stood to gain. So we see his motive there. He probably had his adopted daughter, Korra, kill the royal family. And I'd imagine after being with Prince Issa and being close with her, that she couldn't see fit to kill her. So she she may have killed the parents, but she probably took Issa with her, And that was her motivation to escape and turn against the rebellion or to to, to turn against not the rebellion, but to join the rebellion and turn against Balsarius. Um And so Princess Issa, we got kind of a little hint at this. Maybe that character we meet in Velt, who is called Sam, maybe just changed her name because Jimmy, the robot says that he she reminds him of Princess Issa, who was like a, a motivation. And she was seen as like this, like, basically like the second coming. Like she was like a lot. Oh, so you think that's her? I think that's her. I think that um, Cora saved her and now she's like aged up in this hiding. And that would explain why Cora had such motivation to go and save her from these like Imperial soldiers because she has this close bond with Sam that we don't know about yet because Sam's actually Issa. She's been with her for a long time.
1: I mean, see, I I like when movies leave like some mystery and you're surprised, but like it was just too much. Like I would have liked to known that now. You know, like, at, at the end of this movie. Yeah. You know, to like, oh, snap. Like, that's, she's really important. And that's why they're fighting for this farm village land, you know? Because, yeah. like, she's there. Like, that's why it's so important. Right now, it's like, why?
0: Yeah, if she, if she went back at the very end and, like, went to Isla. And there's, you, you can watch the trailer for, like, the part two Scargiver. And it looks like Isla's, like, fighting and training and stuff. Or,
1: or, like, the bad guys found out that that was her and that she was there. So now they have even more motivation to... Annihilate this town, planet, or whatever you know. Yeah, but that would
0: give more depth to to Cora and make me like her more. So yeah,
1: that could be that could be something we come
0: to see in part two. Which I, at this point I don't even know if I want to watch part two, but we'll we'll see in April.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people are like, look, it's part one. Like you, we're, there's more to the story. We don't know all the story. yet, so you can't judge the story. Yes, You can, there's a lot of similar yes, you complaints
0: with Dune, too. Yeah, you like make a one that one movie should be a whole, a whole movie, also, right? And I have a similar complaint with even Across the Spider-Verse that I feel like it doesn't like end, you know, it ends in the middle of a sentence to me, and it's still a great movie.
1: Yeah, that one, uh, they originally wanted it to be one, the story just kind of got too long, and then they cut it in two, but they basically just put the start of two at the end of one. Yeah. you know and then you can
0: you can it's felt yeah when you watch it yeah but i think i think we've covered story is there any details you want to touch on story before
1: we go on to acting so stories the reason we put it first on our scales because it's it's the most important story's king yeah we we give the same rate uh, or, or sorry weight to some of our other categories but ultimately like it does come down to like story if you have a good story you can kind of overlook everything else but for the most part you know if everything else is really phenomenal but the story isn't like it could be good and entertaining but is it going to capture you you know like where you just can't stop thinking about it all year long like am i going to be thinking about this next year at this time like like i in the batman I saw the batman 2 years ago and i'm still i still think about it randomly like oh that scene was awesome you know like you do the same thing with the dark knight and all this like you it constantly comes up so like if the story is lower it makes the movie not last as long yeah. doesn't mean it wasn't
0: good. To me like the shortest way I could describe this movie for this category would be that it felt like a misfire of something that was supposed to hit a totally different target because it, it, we after we know all the behind the scenes things about this movie it just feels like it really was meant to be rated R it feels like it was meant to be an hour longer and then we miss out on time with these characters where it makes the pacing feel so much less gratifying throughout the movie and that it really hurts it overall.
1: Yeah. Um, can we take a quick break right here? I have to pee. Yeah. All right. All right. Before we get into our next category, which is acting, I want to say, again, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. It really helps out our channel. Uh, we've been hitting a little bit of a growth spurt right now, so it's been really cool to interact with a lot more people in the comments. So if you have a opinion on the story of Rebel Moon, let us know down in the comments below what that is. Uh, Andrew. Ten points for acting. What'd you give it?
0: I gave it a seven
1: point
0: five. So did I. Oh, seven point ma- five matching, out of ten. Matching score, Sophie. Yep. Yeah, I feel like the the acting didn't distract. When, generally, when we give a seven, we say like the acting didn't distract from anything, but it didn't like super elevate the movie. But I gave it that two point five because yeah. of the stunt
1: work. Yeah, like it. They did a good job. They just didn't. It wasn't anything like. Like you always pick like when you when you're given a ten out of ten, you use that as reference a lot of the times, you know. Like it wasn't like Heath Ledger's Joker's performance where it stays with you forever. Not even close. You know, but they did a good job, you know. Yeah. They they portrayed the characters. Yeah. They they executed the story that was given yeah. to them.
0: They sold these like really <clears throat> uh fantastical things in the world. They they made they made it work, like embodied these fantastical names. They they sold the accents. I felt like, I, I love Charlie Hunnam. I felt like his accent um, felt a little bit imperfect. And also just because I know his regular voice and I like what his regular voice sounds like, hearing him do like the Northern Irish accent um, kind of felt off to me. And I saw a behind-the-scenes interview where he kind of explained it. He said he trained really hard on doing a Northern Irish accent and he felt like he had it nailed down. And then they, re- they had to replace a lot of his lines with ADR because audiences were having a hard time understanding the Northern Irish accent. Because if you've ever heard it before, it's really pretty intense. Thick, yeah. So he, he, they did some ADR and, like, leveled down the accent. But, like, native Irish, I've heard native Irish speakers in interviews say that, like, they, that he did a great job. So, like, he, it, still sound, it still sounds good. It just isn't, like, it's not, I think it sounds a little bit off because of what Charlie yeah. Hunnam mentioned.
1: That's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I I wonder, too, like, how often ADR, like, affects our perception of how good someone's execution or portrayal of a line or an accent is. Well, there were some lines in this movie that were definitely ADR
0: where I was almost confused on who was talking. Like, in in the opening, there's a line where, like, that general is talking to the one who's, like, a, a prick. and like the camera showing the other guy and he's talking and I'm and the guy's mouth isn't moving who they're showing and I I thought the edit was weird and the ADR was weird and I couldn't tell which one of them was even speaking so there were some parts in the edit where I, like I felt a little confused in this movie just cuz I feel like it could have been cleaner to to s- display who was speaking or what action was going on
1: interesting yeah I, I watched the first half of this movie while I was sick so I don't think I picked up on all those like little editing details of the first half. But then I watched the second half and I wasn't as sick. <laughs> so I picked up more on what was going on with so that. When you watched part one and part one, yeah. you were sick. You right. But I enjoyed part, part one better. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should have just watched the whole thing while I was sick. <laughs> <Lippy>. <laughs> um, yeah. I already said my favorite character too had one of the smallest roles, and that was Jimmy. Um, just a voice
0: performance but really yeah. Anthony
1: Hopkins' voice is iconic right um, do you have anything else for acting
0: no I just feel like it was fun yeah it <laughs> was well, fine
1: and that's okay right
0: but the stunt performing is amazing because we consider yes. that in acting Yeah, and all these people are training there is a lot of especially I can see behind the scenes footage of uh, uh, Sophia Boutia I think her name is the star of this movie mm-hmm. her, she plays Cora and doing her own stunts she seemed to have done a lot of a lot of work so like obviously dangerous stunts they don't have actors do, but like fighting choreography it looked like she did quite a bit. I saw a clip of her doing that scene where she's on that space buoy and she jumps down to first like begin the fight with, with Atticus. Yep. Yep. So she's in really good shape. She, she mentioned she has a background in dancing that she feel like um, helped like yeah, helped us along because yeah, not only is it a, 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 athleticism but the work with choreography and there's a lot to remember doing fight sequences. So I feel like that earned some that extra point five for me. It was like not just her but like all of them the the fight choreography was done really well like the fight with the um the stunt work with the giant spider fight was really cool
1: the the fights were my favorite part in the whole movie you know like that's that's why i was still watching this movie you know uh, Fair. the the fights were i think top tier you know some of the like general battle choreography
0: kind of yeah, bothered
1: that, me that doesn't count
0: like there's a lot of people just <laughs> but, yeah, standing it's amidst me. Hellfire of laser, and they're just, I meant like and they're the, the more of like yeah. the one-on-one fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were cooler, but like yeah. the um Atticus's character just standing there in the opening, and then Cora like looking at him from a distance when she's holding an assault, a laser assault rifle, and then she just goes ah, and starts charging at him. I'm like, dude, he is standing there. Shoot him. <laughs> he's standing there with a with a stick, and just if you just fire on him, he's done for. And she's like doing this much more cinematic running shooting it just to me that didn't make a lot of sense like they didn't
1: have him take cover a lot of the Yeah, you're talking about the ending right yeah yeah on the bridge i thought thought the same thing too and there was you could see like gunfire going around him the whole time and it's like yeah what what is he doing he's just standing like you said he's literally just standing there and when she first breaks
0: free from the restraints there's gun there's laser all around yeah they're
1: literally right on her like that their job is if she gets out you they they make the plot armor so noticeable, yeah. which there's going
0: to be plot especially armor, especially because it's in slow motion, you so it. you
1: yeah. can like really see it. You
0: can see every laser that's narrowly missing them. Pure like the, yeah, you can't like is there no, is there the force or is it just the luck? I don't know. Movie? I don't <laughs> know. Uh,
1: maybe it'll be explained yeah. in part two. But I I feel like if you have to say that as many times as we've said, then it's it's not worth waiting <laughs> for part two to justify part one. Uh, I kind
0: of agree, but let's go on to our next category, which is cinematography. This which is one's
1: my favorite category. Your favorite
0: category. Say it every time. This movie's strongest category, if you ask me. Yep. I gave it an 8 out of 10 for cinematography.
1: 8 out of 10. Before I say my score, I want to say what's included in cinematography, because I feel like it's a very broad, uh, what we encapsulate into this for- what we're rating the movie on but it's basically everything you're seeing on camera like you got the composition you know the camera movement that's one of andrew's favorite parts of cinematography <clears throat> you also have the editing which andrew touched on the editing a little bit already um just like how long they ho- choose to hold or how short they choose yeah. To hold the yeah but then we have the color grading which Zack snyder has a very like distinct color grade for all of his movies i feel like you can really pick out his shots in like a lineup of all other movies um visual and influence. then we yeah we also include for cinematography in our categories like the visual effects or special effects uh and then even and whatnot blocking, yeah
0: like the way that they block a choreograph scene yeah
1: that'd be like composition and stuff um yeah like how they're positioned yep yep um I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. So we we're very close. We we're 0. 0.5 away from maintaining our perfect agreement, perfect agreement of this movie. Um,
0: still waiting for that movie with that where we get that true perfect agreement.
1: Dude, that'd be we have to freak out if that ever happens. Um, yeah, I gave it 8.5. Why did you give it an 8? 8's pretty high. I really liked
0: I always really like Zack Snyder's movies visually. No yeah. matter what you say about the man, that his movies belong in the visually stunning category on Netflix. Yeah. That, that they, I feel like I really like his use of color in this movie. I mean, I like how he'll normally use that really, like, desaturated look. Mm-hmm. But this movie felt definitely really colorful. Um, and I like when you can see a director's style firmly stamped on the movie, which, hey— you can complain. What about. better
1: way than having the director actually film the
0: movie? Exactly. And you can complain all day about his use of slow motion, and some people do, but it is his style, and I like that you can see his unique style on it. There's some instances where I think slow motion um, wasn't necessary in this movie in certain sequences, where I think it didn't necessarily enhance the sequence, like when that guy gets knocked back onto a table in the Mossesley bar mm-hmm. remake scene, um, I feel like it just felt jarring and out of place. But that also is kind of the edit and the choice of where to use the, the slow motion that um that said i still feel like this movie throughout does a really good job of using like the camera work and coloring to enhance the beauty of like these different civilizations like like it's another one of those movies where you could pause it and just look at this beautiful landscape of like that 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 reddish town or like that that icy area where the where Balisarius has a conversation with Atticus and you can just use it as a screensaver because it, it is beautifully shot. Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard to get around that, if you, even for people that could <clears know throat> the movie, right?
1: I really like the anamorphic uh, lens effects that we're getting throughout the movie, you know, like all the uh, lens flares, you know, you got the 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 blurring and the distortion on the edge of the frame which i, th- I th- it just looks cool you know and and it looks just very heavily stylized it's it's not for every movie but for this movie man it's so cool um weren't the special effects really good they were fantastic especially were- knowing that it was only 166 yeah. million for for both movies, that's that's wild.
0: I could probably pick out a small handful of instances where I thought it looked off, but by today's standard, the, the thing then, that then, I so thought looked, looked off good. the
1: most was the gunshots, like the the beams themselves coming out of the guns sometimes didn't look like they were lined up. But the the smoke, especially was in slow motion, like coming out of the gun and all that stuff. That stuff looked cool. Um, I, normally, I'm not the biggest fan of like unnecessary slow motion. You know, I I feel like a lot of times directors or even the editors are choosing to have the slow motion come in at times that it's not necessary. It's not furthering the story at all. Um, I really liked a lot of the slow motion shots in this movie, but I also think there was a lot of them that, like you said, weren't necessary to the story. Um, But for me, for this movie in particular, I feel like I... I embrace the slow motion more of style in this movie, you know, like the the blurriness on this shot, exactly, you know? Right, the, right, right like it's, yeah, exactly. But like, if I'm watching Batman versus Superman and there's just this random spot where it's slow motion out of nowhere, it's like, why, you know? But since there was so much slow motion throughout, it kind of just felt like it was a part of the gig, you know? What if the three-hour director's cut is just the whole movie in slow motion? <laughs> Zack Snyder at his Zack snyder <laughs> Like, there's no extra anything. No. It's just slow motion. Do you want <laughs> redemption or <laughs> revenge? E- even better, the words are not in slow motion. <laughs> the words are... So, so <laughs> you say the words and I'll go in slow motion. This is what it would look like. Do you... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can't
0: watch you do slow motion. Okay, no, no I got it. I got it. Do you want redemption or revenge? <laughs> That's how it go? <laughs> I actually I watched a chunk a chunk of this movie at 1.5 times speed, I'll be honest. <laughs> Did you,
1: this morning? No.
0: The, the, no. I didn't it was last night. I didn't want to watch it so badly. Oh my god. So some of the slow motion scenes were in regular speed for me.
1: Oh man. 1.5 Have you done that for a movie before? I've never done that before. That's insane. That shows how much you did not want to watch this movie. That's well crazy. when I when I touched the screen
0: and there was still an hour left in the movie, I was like, dear God. <laughs> this needs to go faster.
1: Yeah. If you're like already an hour in, you've already made it to like one or two of the short character yeah. segments of them picking up someone, like I, I can see how I it feels. It the slow. Yeah. I didn't just like assume I was gonna hate it and do it from the yeah. beginning. Um all right, sound design is our next category, Andrew. This is also out of ten. It's the last category out of ten. Sound design includes the fully work, all the sound effects that we hear, the score and the soundtrack, which the score is what was made originally for the movie, and the soundtrack does any songs or whatnot that they pulled in. What did you give it? I gave it a seven for that reason
0: that we give for sevens. <clears throat> didn't distract me. Didn't feel like it was super memorable.
1: Yeah, I gave it an eight because mainly I think the the like sound design of the sound effects and stuff really like Kind of pulled it up to an eight for me. I feel like they but, killed it with the ADR. If yeah.
0: Charlie Hunnam's lines are a bunch of ADR, yeah,
1: like I did not pick up phenomenal. On that. Yeah, right. I did yeah, pick up on that throughout. Yeah, but it, I I don't know. I just liked all the sounds of the the ships and the the machinery, you know, and and the guns sounded cool and all that stuff. I feel like it. The sound design helped me get into the world, you know. But I could see like someone's argument of putting it at a seven and saying like a it didn't feel original necessarily. And I totally get that. Justin who has been on the show a few times, you know, said it reminded him a lot of uh, Batman versus Superman, you know, and he really loves the scores of movies. He (laughs) listens to soundtracks, you know, like I've heard a lot just on Spotify and stuff. So he 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 was saying like, it sounded kind of the same. I've heard that comparison.
0: Yeah. For the for the music. And then there's no real like other music played to talk about either.
1: No soundtrack. Right. Yeah. Um, Next category yeah set and character design. Okay, so Great this hat. this we distinguish this from cinematography because like this is like the reason why you're seeing what you're seeing. like why why does the metal look used and why does this metal look all shiny? you know like why did they choose this outfit? Why did they choose to design the robot like this? you know like what 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 goes into making this set feel real uh, or characters yeah. as well? Uh, I gave this a 4 out of 5. I mean, I think the world looked phenomenal. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Um, partly to for me,
0: due, cutting it down due to the lack of originality. Because I feel like it does look visually really good, but it's also what we we now call the rustic futurist, <clears throat> mm-hmm. which was built by Star Wars and yeah. used by so many other movies like uh, like Blade Runner. And we have all these movies with a rustic future aesthetic. I feel like Blade Runner differentiates itself enough from Star Wars for me. This very much is again where I feel like this movie is like a Star Wars fan fiction come to life, especially without the R-rated aspect. It feels like it should have been called Rebel Moon, a Star Wars story. And it so I I feel like they lost some points for me there for originality, but in terms of realism, the robot looks incredible. Jimmy looks so good, Um, and and then like the bird thing looked really good it look, and when he's it? T- when he's touching the um that's where like yeah in cinematography but the special effects there were so good when he's touching the because i've seen behind the scenes and it's just like this green beak shape yeah with, with uh the the actor putting his head up against it and so they made that look incredible the special effects team did great work there
1: i really like the the prison robots too you know oh, the ones the, the, that they're like they creative and, and unique they lock them something up something yeah.
0: new too that i feel like i hadn't seen before mm-hmm. Um, the design for the spider was really cool. I feel like a three and a half is still a pretty good score. When you, you know, a three and a half is a 70%. Yeah. I, it just, Yeah. I didn't feel like. We're not too far off. I feel like it wasn't all, some felt a little generic to me. And mm-hmm. some of it felt like a, a
1: Star Wars cosplay. If, if I remembered that end ship, crashing because he sliced through the I would have docked the point <laughs> or at least a half a point. I forgot about that part. That was a bad character set design moment. Yeah.
0: But they did the town of Velt had a lot of character and heart to it. It felt yeah. like this cute farming town with everybody wearing a similar clothing style. It felt like it had a culture. They built that town. Mm-hmm. I think Zack Snyder said it took them months, like, right like yeah, like it took yeah. them a couple months they built this small town and like out in these little hills and then for the shots behind them of planets which i originally thought was like a volume because that's what i feel like it looks like to my eyes mm-hmm. but it was actually a giant green screen. So i feel like it was pretty good green screen work. Yeah. Um that you you can see in behind the scenes footage this giant giant Dude, green the
1: beginning screen. of this movie is strong.
0: It is. It looks the the planets look beautiful. It feels like the opening of A New Hope Yeah. with, I, with Luke on his home planet.
1: I wish I wish the the leader uh, didn't die. You know, yeah, like he, he was, he was Sindri, such a strong character Sindri. like we we got introduced to him. I really liked him. He died. I really liked Jimmy. Didn't see him again, you know. And then we got introduced to seven other characters who I don't even know anything about. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then I I liked Tarek, and he's like barely featured, like the final fight sequence. Yeah. You don't even see him. Yeah. Um, and then they spend like 15 minutes on the fight between Atticus and Cora. Like.
1: Yeah. I wasn't overly impressed with that fight. It just seemed to go on and on. Yeah. It seemed to go on and on, and there wasn't anything like. Jaw droppingly original about it. You know, it was all done well. I don't know why he fights with the stick. Yeah. There's so many choices yeah. for
0: it's it looks cool, but I there's mean, so at, many choices for other
1: strong At least reasons. at that point she didn't have a gun. Yeah. You know, that makes it a little and There's better. so
0: many points where I was wondering what she was doing though. Like when she like when she had the gun, right? She didn't shoot him. And then she's above him on the space buoy, and she chooses to jump down and make a dramatic entrance instead of jumping down and
1: landing on his head. Yeah, so I actually have this scene pulled up and we were gonna watch it kinda after, but you want to pull it up now and and see what we're talking about here? So Yeah, we're already going into
0: this scene. Might as well.
1: All right, let me get it going here.
0: Wait, but let Turn me see. Can you go back a little bit more so we can see yep. the first enter? Yep.
1: All right. Now let me so get, go, get the audience me. on board as well. Could they not see that? Not yet. Because that was the part I wanted to show you. Okay, us. here we go. Aaron's doing a lot right now.
0: Right there, right? Yeah. So here you you can see her jump down. She had the he had no idea where she was, and she had the complete element of surprise. But she decided to announce herself to somebody who now has an advantage because he has a weapon.
1: Like, yeah, instead of like jumping on him, you're exactly. saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, man, she got hit in the face hard there, They're right? they
0: making cool use of the environment and like these bars. I
1: don't like right here. He holds it. Why is he holding it on there? Yeah. <laughs> She's, yeah, I, I mean, we're definitely nitpicking here. But she does this swing part around... That part where she fell back to just looked kind of awkward when her hands kind of like curl up like this. <laughs> she like. She's pretty strong right here, holding on. um, But once she goes up a little bit, I want to I wanna pull it forward a little. They kind of just look at each other here for a bit. They're keeping the background
0: pretty alive with the storm, at least to his to his back. Hers is a little bit more right. cloud.
1: There's one point where he again somehow gets that stick locked up on that metal behind him probably coming up here and she does a spin right here like and she kicks the stick he, but he's why, why didn't she kick him in the face is he is his hand tied down to that stick also and right here like He she definitely like broke his elbow backwards, but you can totally tell it's forward. Yeah, I I feel like an R rated version, they would have CGI'd it going backwards, which they would have shot a bone probably. Yeah, it would have made it look a lot more uh, intimidating, right? Like, even right here, even right here, you can tell he's like holding his arm kind of funky, but like maybe in the rated R, we get to see it like flailing around or something, you know, like right there again. You I mean, know, like, in Deadpool 2 when his arms' broken yeah yeah like something like that like... um and I think that's what they were going for but we just didn't see it they just didn't do that part um but that's that's pretty much it for this fight you know uh is there's just kind of going back and forth there's some cool moments I guess but nothing like nothing and there's nothing really full circle too for this fight yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was mediocre you know it was executed well but there wasn't anything overly special you know um our last category andrew is rewatchability so this one's out of five points as well so uh, basically the way we determine this is if you were doing nothing else and i asked you five times to watch rebel moon how many times would you say yes zero you gave this a zero man i thought aquaman would be didn't you give Aquaman a one? Yeah, I'd sooner rewatch Aquaman than this. Man, those. that's crazy. I gave it a a one. I, th- I don't like just handing out zeros, you know, like five times. Like, uh, maybe, like, I'll throw it on. But the, the biggest deterrent from watching it again is just knowing that there's another version that's coming out that, like, because I've seen this one, I don't really want to watch. But... Maybe it's cooler, you know, like what we're probably going to watch it for the podcast at least. So hopefully that one's yeah. better, but I would have rather that just come out first and let's just watch that. I think it would have been a better experience for pretty much everyone.
0: I just feel like this movie is aggressively mediocre. The plot is uninteresting. There's no actors that I would go back to watch it for again. Mm-hmm. And although it looks good, the, the fighting sequences just leave enough to be desired for me to not really need to look them up or watch the movie again so i feel like i will probably go the rest of my life without ever watching this movie again unless i am forced to for the
1: podcast well you'll probably be forced to watch the next uh version we'll see (laughs) we'll see (laughs) it'll just be me and justin on that episode
0: like i would maybe go back to watch aquaman again because like we like superheroes. My friends like DC. So maybe, and I like Jason Momoa. Even if I didn't really like the movie, I'd go back and watch it again before I'd watch Rebel Moon again. I'd rather watch this. Yeah. They took um, my favorite character out of it too, which is another thing.
1: Yeah. After the first 20 minutes. I feel like the like look of this movie is way better that I could sit down through this again over Aquaman. Aquaman was just a pile of jokes. <laughs> you know like we didn't really like the character development that we got and then it didn't it just looks like a i don't know there's a lot going yeah. on this is just, there's this- no it's not like a master class in cinematography you know and like this has like i would say this is like a master class of stylized cinematography you know like it's master class might be giving it a little bit of credit <clears throat> i don't think so like was- how easy would this be for someone to recreate Very difficult, but
0: it doesn't – but like look at this versus like Blade Runner 2049, which is a movie we consistently say we would watch for the visuals. This is not a movie I would watch for the visuals. The visuals enhance the movie in there. But I I
1: said like as like stylization, you know, like making it like your own style, like diving deep into like the slow motion, the the camera blurs and distortion, you know, like the the whatnot. I feel like Blade Runner is a master class on cinematography as a whole. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like this is cinematography master class on like the look. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I feel like Am I getting that across? I feel like
0: I get what you're saying, but I feel like other industry professionals Or at
1: least at least closer to that than what Aquaman was at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that's, that's why I, I would rather watch this <laughs> ten times over watching watch an Aquaman times, last season. If I had to watch one or the other, and I had 10 times, and I had to pick one or the other, I would pick Rebel Moon every single time. Yeah, you're a maniac for that, but that's all right. You're a maniac for wanting to watch Aquaman again. (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) All right, what was your total score out of 10 points, Andrew, for Rebel Moon?
0: I gave Rebel Moon a 6.2 when you add all my scores and average them.
1: Yeah, mine all added up was a 6.8. Again, just kind of carried by the look of it. You know, yeah. The the story and rewatchability definitely brought it down. It it had polarizing scores, you know, or opposite scores, just like the uh critics and audience and everyone alike has with a lot of Zack Snyder's movies, you know. Um so we kind of fit yeah. right in there.
0: Pretty wide disparity on Rotten Tomatoes from critics to audiences,
1: which is I think uh
0: common common for him. Um yeah, I mean we We have rebel moon part two scar giver to look forward to it's coming out april nineteenth twenty twenty four so that's in about four months um i I don't really have a desire to watch it based off this movie, but hopefully lots of people do because i'm not rooting against the success of all these people i like i said watching behind the scenes i was, i really appreciate all the hard work that everyone put into this. It just didn't turn out a product that was for me really
1: yeah i i agree um it was yeah. <laughs> it was a movie. Yeah, it was it was good. It had some strong aspects, but I I didn't hate it. I'm glad, it didn't pay, to I'm glad it, I didn't I'm glad I didn't watch it. Yeah. I mean, I paid to watch Aquaman, so <laughs> <laughs> it would have been not the end of the world if I paid to watch this, but I'm glad that it was on. Comment
0: below whatever. if you prefer Aquaman to Rebel Moon. I wonder Gosh. how many people have seen both.
1: Gosh. I really hope there's more that. <laughs> like this <laughs> it just looks so much better and the story on both is relatively equivalent yeah. yeah i gave the story for aquaman a four i gave this one a five i gave the cinematography for aquaman a 5.5 5. yeah there's no way i'd want to watch that the over only this.
0: reason i would watch aquaman more is because it's in the dc universe that's the, yeah, literally that's, the only reason yeah
1: and that's that's not the movie, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the that's the lore of the and, character. And, well, also,
0: I guess, and a small secondary reason is the actors, because I like Patrick Wilson and Jason Momoa more than, you know, some than the actors in this movie.
1: Yeah, I get you.
0: And Anthony Hopkins is cut from the movie. <clears throat> I hope there's more like unveiling. In the just
1: want the next one to be just a Jimmy movie.
0: Yeah, dude, Jimmy the movie. <laughs> I think it's like Rebel
1: Moon, Jimmy.
0: They should put <laughs> they. Zack Snyder, I think, talked about wanting this movie to be, like, a franchise. Like, not just part two, but, like, a bunch more movies. Like, yeah. starting his own Star Wars universe, basically. Yeah,
1: that's what I heard, too. basically this...
0: be securing himself a bunch of work for the next, like, 20 years.
1: He's probably going to get it, too. We'll see. Don't you think? Like,
0: I mean, if reaction to this is
1: really Netflix War, points they... out so many movies that are so much worse than this. They do. You know, like... And to have a big name like Zack Snyder to continuously be making movies for you, they're going to do it. Why not? I mean, if this
0: movie doesn't do well, I don't necessarily think they will.
1: A bunch of Netflix movies don't do well, yeah, but and they, they still greenlight similar things. But they don't
0: go into that knowing that won't do well. Like, if these movies don't do well, going into a sequel is like putting $90 million into a third movie that no like, you know
1: probably won't do well. But, like, well. don't do well is different for us than what it is for them. Like... We didn't like the movie, but it's probably going to get a bunch of watched hours for them, and that's what they care about, you know.
0: We'll see. I will see how many watch hours it really gets. Because the thing is, when people when a movie gets bad word of mouth, then people don't click on it, even though it's free to watch.
1: I I don't know. I feel like people just put it on, even if it's like a secondary screen. You know, I feel like that's really big now with streaming. Is like we just want content that could be on even if people aren't just watching the it whole is. thing, you it's know, a, like yeah.
0: it's like their priority almost. is Yeah. To make that stuff.
1: That's what I'm saying. So like to have like Zack Snyder's poll and controversy it and just get
0: people talking about the movie, which is, yeah, like, it's like his name on it is like, people are going to love to hate it, hate to love it.
1: Yeah. And I feel like either way, that's good for Netflix. So I feel like they're going to green light it anyway, either way, you know, cause I mean, <laughs> they're already putting it on streaming, bro. You know, like it's not like it's, not making its budget back in the theaters, you know, like I feel like that's different than it just going straight to streaming. I mean, I don't know how they're making their money back. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, but whether they bring on Zack Snyder or not, they're going to make a hundred other originals. So you might as well have him, you know, anything else for rebel moon that you want to go over?
0: No, we, we touched on everything that I have in my notes. All
1: right. I think that's a good place to wrap it up then. Uh, Before we sign off, I want,
0: I will say, before you get into what you're about to say, if you're planning to, to see a movie right now, you have a limited amount of time, you want to see one movie, go to the theaters and see Iron Claw, please. Mm. Like, Iron Claw was amazing.
1: I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to.
0: That's what I would recommend watching.
1: Andrew Witten and saw it without me. Isn't that crazy?
0: That's what I recommend seeing instead of Rebel Moon. Or go see Wonka. Wonka was great too.
1: You saw that? Yeah, I saw Wonka, Boy in
0: the Heron, and Iron Claw. Nice. In the last like couple of weeks. They're all good. All very enjoyable movies. Uh, And maybe that's part of what made me like this less, is watching so many good movies recently. Because mm. also yesterday, the same day I watched this movie, I watched uh, Knives Out, which is like a phenomenal movie that we both love.
1: What brought you to uh, watch Knives Out again?
0: Sierra had never seen it. She wanted to watch it.
1: Oh, wow. And then she didn't
0: appreciate it, and I was mad all night because she was... She She didn't like it? She, not
1: that she That's didn't crazy. like it. She,
0: she, she, she liked it. She spent the whole movie playing Mario Wonder on her uh, Nintendo Switch mm. and, like, on her phone. And I was like, this isn't the kind of movie that you can spend on your phone. Like, it's very detailed. <laughs> and even though, like, she's not lost, like... She's not lost. She's she's good at paying attention to two things, but like right. she's not able to appreciate and notice some of the smaller details that are only shown on screen when you're spent. You're right. basically listening to like twenty five percent or more of the movie because you're playing full on playing Mario Wonder. Like, dude, I was I was steaming a little bit.
1: once Sierra, be better. Don't
0: ask me to watch Knives Out with you if you're not gonna give
1: Knives Out the attention it deserves. Right? Yeah, Knives Out is a really good movie. Yeah, I yeah. really like that movie a lot. Um, Go back
0: and check out our review on Knives Out.
1: Yeah, we did. And Knives Out uh, Glass Onion as well. Also, we have a Discord as well. And we've been getting some of our friends to pile on. We want some more of our viewers to hop in there, hop in the conversation. We were having a debate the other night on there. Uh, it's it's free. It's just in the link in the description of our YouTube videos. You can click on that. Join the Discord. We have a bunch of different chats in there. We we uh, take uh, episode suggestions in there, movie recommendations. We, Put out our upcoming episodes. In yeah, some we instances. yeah we we give a, a heads up from what's coming out in the next few weeks, and then we also give updates to like our short film and whatnot. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the Discord, and we want more people to join in um, if you guys so choose to.
0: Yeah, we real and we we really appreciate anybody. Who joins that, who listens to the show or watches the show? We've had a little bit of growth recently, so please help us keep that snowball rolling. We want to continue to grow this audience and this community where we can all talk about movies and shows and content that we love. So Mm -hmm. make sure to share us with friends and family because that is the best way to grow the show. If you feel like doing us a favor, you can also rate and review the show, which is all free. Also, leaving a follow. We're on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere you can think of. We're even on X very slightly don't don't tell anybody about our that platform because it doesn't get posted yeah (laughs) um but we we want to continue to grow this community and and so
1: i think this time last year or maybe a a week or two before this time we had 200 subscribers and now we're we just crossed over 700 so we've we go we've grown 500 in a year so maybe this year we can make another big jump and kind of reach more and more people and share our love and passion for creation for cinema for storytelling um so we're we're very excited to do this every single week and we post new episodes every monday and thursday and we appreciate you joining us on this journey thanks so much and that's That's a a wrap